It's kind of like being a wine connoisseur or a brewer yeah. or a distiller. Right. <laughs> you can go as fancy or as basic as you want. Right. So why compost in the first place? Welcome to the Off-Grid Outpost podcast, where we discuss the journey to real liberty through self-sufficiency, counter-economics, non-aggression, and the agora. The Outpost represents the border between societal norm and the pioneer spirit. Every episode contains practical, philosophical, and technical information you can use to gain the freedom you deserve. Welcome, everyone, to the Off-Grid Outpost podcast. I am your host, Regina, and I am here with Cyrus. Hello. And today we are talking about composting. Woohoo! Making dirt. Yay for composting. Making dirt. Dirt is good. We love it. Mm-hmm. I love the smell of compost that's ready to be put in the garden. Like, it just smells so good. You know what I mean? Like it has this kind of so fresh. Has this sweet, earthy smell. It's awesome. Oh, it's the best. And you would never think that taking scrap and trash and decomposting matter would create something so beautiful in the end. Right. Yeah. I'm a big fan of dirt. <laughs> and mud. I really love mud too. Dirt and mud. I grew up playing in the dirt and mud. My grandma would hose me out back. Hose me down out back because I'd get so muddy as a child. Right. It was awful. I at know, the time. right? You... <laughs> it was pure torture at the time, but looking back, I get it. Yeah. I'd cry, no, Grandma, don't do it. She's like, I'm not letting you in the house like that. I'd be covered head to toe in mud. Yeah. <laughs> like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go into today's episode, uh, we have a, an announcement to make. And that announcement is we are going to be rolling back to one episode a week mm -hmm. uh, with a few special episodes in between, possibly. Yeah, some bonus episodes. There'll be some bonus episodes, interviews, things like that. Mm -hmm. And it will uh, be released on Fridays. So we're cutting out Tuesdays temporarily, mainly due to the fact that I've just become very inundated with lots of projects, as in going off-grid. Mm -hmm. And it's very front-end loaded as far as the work goes. Right. So setting up all the off-grid systems and the fencing and all of the work, it's just a lot to do. Yeah, you need a little extra time in your day, your week for that kind of stuff. So we're going to cut back. And and so the bonus episodes, will you guys will probably just be stuck with me for the bonus stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what torture. I know, it'll be terrible. <laughs> we'll start getting emails from people. Bring Jean Regina back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they all love you more than they love me. Mm. I am lovable. You're our favorite hillbilly thespian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, one way I would have never described myself, but 
Cool. It's so true, though. <laughs> okay, so composting? Composting. Why even bother to compost? Well, what is composting, I guess? What is it is the first thing. Just to rattle it off really quick, basically you put vegetative scraps into a pile. There is a heat reaction between the microbes and the oxygen and the nitrogen and the carbon. That heat reaction breaks down the vegetative matters and creates a rich organic uh, fertilizer, essentially, that you can add to your plants. So that is the basis of composting. What's really cool, I think, too, about composting is that you can do it as simply or as complex as you want. A lot of people like uh, fertilize their garden with compost tea, so they take it a step further and make a tea out of the compost. There's just all kinds of stuff you can do with it. Yeah, you can nerd out on composting pretty hard. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that there's a composting university that'll take $1,500 from you and teach you how to be a master composter. Master you know, composter. That's something you want to do. <laughs> For me, it's more of an art form. When I create my compost piles, I just kind of feel the vibe. You know, add a little more green matter, a little more brown matter. I don't, you know, get into it. You could also spend an ass ton of money on fancy composters, Mm -hmm. which I also, I don't think is necessary, but you know, it's kind of like being a wine connoisseur or a brewer or a distiller. Right. (laughs) You can go as fancy or as basic as you want. Right. So why compost in the first place? The most obvious reason is you create nutrients for your vegetable garden. You can also give uh, a little bit of compost to your house plants, your ornamental plants. It doesn't have to be just for your garden. Right. So just as a side note, you don't want to just put direct compost onto a plant per se. You don't want to plant a plant and compost because that's too he- it's too much heat for your plant. It's an additive. Just FYI. I don't want you all burning your plants because I told you to put compost on your freaking roses and all your roses die. You know, you just sprinkle a little bit. It's an amendment, basically. Yeah, I use it when I'm just mixing up dirt for like a raised bed or a pot or something Mm. like that. I take just dirt and then I mix in some compost with it. Like I don't do straight compost. Exactly. You know, works well. Yeah. Uh, From a sustainability standpoint... When you decompose your own table scraps and your own uh, grass clippings and whatnot, you're not clogging up a landfill, which creates gases and greenhouse gases, that whole thing. So you're taking a, a little bit out. You're doing your part to just decompose your own waste, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, another really great use for compost is it does reduce soil erosion. So if you're having some troubles on your property and your yard where the soil is eroding, you can actually stuff it full of compost. It helps break up clays. It helps hold water and nutrients in the soil and it can rehabilitate uh, erosion actually. Interesting. Yeah. Not a lot of people think of that one. Yeah. Not me. 
Yeah. Do you have any erosion spots on your oh my god land? Uh, yeah. Li- oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> You're on a hill. I live on so a hill, I'm sure so I'm always fighting that. Mm-hmm. You can maybe amend some spots with compost if you make enough. Mm-hmm. And then also another green sustainable thing: uh, making your own fertilizer. If you buy fertilizer from the big box stores, it's very, very harmful to the environment. The, the production of the fertilizer is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Pretty destructive. So if you make your own, you know, it's just doing a little bit of your part to reduce some of these industrial processes on the planet. If that's what you're into. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So one myth I want to... A uh, bust right away is that compost piles do not stink, and if your compost pile is stinky, you are doing it wrong. Right. They actually smell good. They actually do smell good. Yeah, I think so. I See, like. See, I'm smell not the only one. I thought maybe I was a freak. Well, maybe we both are, but I. It, it smells good to me. I mean, it it just has this earthy smell that I like. Yeah, I like that too. I kind of like stinky stuff. Like I love. IPA beers, which is stinky. <laughs> Do you like IPAs? I don't even know what IPA is. An IPA beer. Come on. I, I don't know what you're talking about, honestly. Like, what, are, what oh does God, IPA stand a, for? You're such a hillbilly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Indian pale ale. <laughs> it's an yeah, Indian pale I'm... ale. It's a... No, no, not ringing any bells for you. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. No. I know. You like your Bud Light. That's fine. That's fine. Well, an IPA, it's got a skunky smell to it, a bitter skunky smell and taste. And they actually have a very high alcohol content, so you can get totally wasted off of an IPA. Uh, gotcha. But, you know, I, I just, I like them. I like stinky, skunky flavors and smells because I'm weird. So, uh, I don't know. Where was I going with that was I like the smell of a compost pile. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you like do. Uh, stinky food? Do you like stinky food like Brussels sprouts and cabbage? I do like, like that. Brussels sprouts and cabbage, yeah. I do. Yeah, okay. You'd like an IPA then. You should try it. I'll okay. make some recommendations. Yeah. So, as far as non-stinky compost piles, what what you do is you just don't add things that make it stink. So no animal products whatsoever except for eggshells are allowed. No bones, no meats, no dairies, uh, no fats. So this includes plant fats like olive oil. It just creates grease and that can be stinky, but it can also attract vermin. And another big one, I, I throw onions in my compost pile all the time. I tend, they tend to grow when I throw it in there. So it doesn't bother me. But if you go overboard on onions and garlic in your compost pile, it's going to smell like stinky onions and garlic, which I kind of <laughs> yeah. like anyways. But <laughs> Okay. So limit your onion and garlic input and no fats and oils, no animal products, except for eggshells. <clears throat> Yeah. If you do, yeah, and if you do add these things into it, like if you add meat and things like that, you're going to get raccoons, you're going to get vermin in your pile. If you do not add these things, 
nothing will touch it except for the things you want, like worms, some ants. You know, they're cool. Gotcha. I can handle them. All right, moving on. It's very easy to make a compost pile, and I think people overcomplicate the shit out of it. Uh, your dimensions. Basically, clear a spot in your garden down to the dirt. Make a 3x3x3 three by three by three for a small pile. No bigger than a 5x5x5. Five by five by five. And the reason being is if you go smaller than a 3x3, three three, you will not get that heat uh, biochemical reaction in the pile. There's just not enough stuff. Gotcha. Uh, it'll lose heat too quickly, basically. And if you go bigger than a 5x5, five five, you will not get enough air when you aerate the pile. It'll get too dense in the middle. Now, these are loose measurements. Yeah, but, but it's all you've got to turn your pile over occasionally. And so a huge pile also is just really hard to turn over. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just you're just making a lot of work that you don't need. Yeah, you don't want to go bigger than a 5x5 five five on a compost pile. So there's all these fancy bins. You can do bins if you want. I like to put my compost right on the ground, access to the dirt, because that's when you get your worms and you get your natural microbes from the earth and your ants and, and advantages, you know, you get some. Mm -hmm. I've had uh, I've had maggots in my pile. That doesn't bother me none because they're part of the process. You know, some people freak out. I'm like, it's a freaking maggot. So what? You know, they're making mm -hmm. dirt. Right. You know. Um, but you want all your, your healthy helpers in your pile. And if you get a sealed up container, you just don't really get that extra help. Yeah. I had a, um, I had built at one time a, a compost, a compost tumbler out of a 55 gallon drum. And it worked really oh, well, yeah. by the cool. way. But I also, like, I didn't just add my organic material. I added dirt from the ground into that. That way I could uh, yeah. get the organisms. And once you add that dirt in there, they'll they'll grow. They'll multiply and expand and all that. Yeah, that's uh, the fancy word for that is inoculation. All oh, is inoculation means is... Yeah, you inoculated your pile to basically <laughs> activate it with oh, the microbes. Awesome. So, yeah, that's a little compost university for you. <laughs> I'm saving awesome. you $1,500, folks. <laughs> right on. So, I've, all, I've only done open pit compost piles where I kind of dug in, I don't know, six inches into the dirt. And I just make it. I just make a pile. But if you want to do a, a plastic or a wood container, by all means, that works good too. Helps hold in the heat. That's a kind of your foundation. And then uh, moving on is your layers. How are you going to layer it to activate the microbes? Basically, your layers. You have two types of matter that you will put into your compost pile that everything gets categorized into. And your first type is brown matter and your second type is green matter. The difference is, is that your brown matter materials are high in carbon and they decompose slowly. 
This consists of dry leaves, hay, straw, sawdust, paper, non-glossy paper. Do not put glossy paper in your compost pile. And eggshells is also brown matter. Cool. Basically, if it's dry and it's organic, it's brown matter. Wood chips. You can use wood chips, but they do have to be broken down. Any other brown matter ideas from you? I've always just used uh, the dry leaves. As, as far as dry matter, that's really the only thing I've ever used, mainly because it's just so abundant. Every fall, you just get a crap load of them if you've got trees. So, Exactly. That's the most accessible if you mm. have trees. You can use tissue. You can use paper towels, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just has to be somewhat stratified, shredded. You don't want to just put huge chunks of things because right. it has to break down with your green stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's your first category is brown matter. On to green matter. This is your uh, matter that is high in nitrogen. It quickly decomposes and provides the microbes to the pile. So essentially all living vegetative materials is green matter. If it is green still before it dries. This mm -hmm. can be your kitchen scraps, all your kitchen scraps that are non-animal. Uh, Yard waste is green matter. There's a little back and forth on this on the internet. If it is green still, it is green matter. It, once it dries, it turns into brown matter. So all of your grass clippings are green material. You just don't want to overkill on grass clippings. So if you do grass clippings, that's fine, but mix it in. Don't just plop a shit ton of grass clippings into your pile. You could throw the balance off. And manure also, uh, cow shit, chicken shit, is very hot green matter. So you don't want to go overkill on that either. That's about so, it for green matter. Yeah, so basically you're just saying uh, just a good mix of everything you can find that fits those two categories. Yeah, so then what you want to do is, you know, for example, my open pit compost pile, I'm going to add about six inches of brown matter to the bottom. Give it a nice, healthy base of brown matter. Mm -hmm. You want it to be fluffy because you want it to have aeration. So you want to make sure it's really shredded and fluffy. Then on top of that, you start plopping in your green matter. I don't know, six inches of it or so, eight inches a foot deep. A foot would be kind of a lot of green matter. <laughs> uh, and then, so you just like make a hamburger out of it. Then you cap it off with more brown matter. You don't have to add the cap. I like to add the cap. It helps keep the heat in. It's, uh, it just kind of helps the process. So I make a hamburger of brown matter to green matter to brown matter. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Now you could go crazy and do layers. I don't think it's necessary, but if you want to, you can have brown and green and brown and green and brown, especially if you're building it in a bin. Now that's it. Yeah. Then mother nature takes over and does her thing. Yeah. I've always just, I mean, I just literally, I just put stuff in there with not much rhyme and reason. Yeah. You're the messy composter. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I pay attention to like, uh, I've got 
you know, I've got quite a bit of brown matter in here. I need to not put any brown matter in here for a while. And then I just put green matter in for a while. And then, you know, I keep an eye on the balance as far as just brown to green. But yep. I don't do anything like I'm not paying attention to layers and all that. But it always works. I've never had it fail. It just, right. Because you get a feel for it. Yeah. So essentially you want your, uh, you want your pile to be moist, but you don't want it to be soppy. You don't want it to get slimy. If you start getting slime and soppiness, add more brown matter and aerate it. What I mean by aerating is you take a pitchfork or a shovel or a hand trowel and you mix it up. Yeah. If you have too much brown matter, it's too dry, but you don't have much green matter on hand, then water it. Add more mm -hmm. moisture into it. You want it to be the moisture of kind of like a wet sponge, but not a soppy, slimy mess. Right. So I'd say after your first initial layering to start up your compost pile, in one week, maybe two weeks, turn it and aerate it. And then maybe in another week, turn it and aerate it. I don't think you need to aerate that much. There are some websites that say aerate one to two days. You don't need to do that. I I never did. I, no. I aerate maybe once a week uh, mm -hmm. on a compost I think pile. once a week is plenty. Yeah, I think once a week is plenty. I agree. And then you just kind of add to it. But at some point, and not a lot of people talk about this, at some point you want to stop adding to the compost pile, let it do its thing, and you start another compost pile. Not very many people on the interwebs talk about this, and I don't know why. I'm like, so you just infinitely add to the compost pile? I don't. I'm like, okay, there's enough matter in this one. Let's let this completely break down. Let's start a fresh pile. Right. Yeah, when you build your bin, you kind of, you want to build two or three sections. So you're always just mm -hmm. working one bin at a time. And then the other, you know, it's a rotation so one bin is just like ready. It's it's dirt that you can put in your garden or your pots or whatever. You've got another bin that's in the process and almost ready. And then you've got another bin that you are constantly adding things to. And it's yeah. just a rotation. The three that bin system. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The three bin system is what you're describing. It's the best. It is the best way to do it. You have your starter, your mid pile, and your finisher. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're done using up the one that was finished, then you start a new, that one becomes the new bin. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, it works really well. And then there's some fancy compost bins that actually have a finishing drawer where all of your finished compost stuff actually falls into there. So you can gather it from the drawer and you can constantly add to the top part because it's doing that oh. for you in a vertical system. Now that is a, compost bin I might actually purchase just for the sheer fact that that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know about that. Interesting. Yeah, those are cool. I don't know how much they are. You could probably easily build one. And that's a, I mean, that's really it. That's it. The main thing is provide your, my, your microbes with oxygen, moisture, and food. You know, your food is your green matter. Your moisture is your you know, possibly some water, oxygen is your brown matter and aerating your pile. And you'll have compost anywhere from 
you know, depending on your environment, the heat, the dryness, the moisture, you can have compost as, in as little as four to six weeks. It could take three months. It could take six months. Uh, if you're in a wintry environment, you know, your compost pile could get inert or you could cover it with a tarp and you can try and keep the heat in, but it will vary mm -hmm. uh, depending on how successful you are at keeping that heat. Right. But in Texas, my compost pile was ready in like four weeks. It was crazy. It was an ultra-efficient compost pile. Wow. And it grew a lot of veggies out of it, too. So I didn't turn it much, and there was always new sprouts coming out you know, melon from melon seeds and things like that. Right. Onion tops. I'm like, oh, I'll put this one in the garden. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, so we call, we call those volunteers. That's, that's, yeah, those are the volunteers. <laughs> those are the volunteers we like. Yeah, one time I had an ant colony just totally colonize my compost pile, and that wasn't so great. Yeah, what did you do? Did did they just get moved to the garden, or did you have to, like, start over? What happened with that? I just ended up, I let the compost pile be because a bunch of onions started growing out of it. So, it became the onion bed. Oh, <laughs> nice, okay. Yeah, I'm like, well... It's doing fine on its own, and the ants love it, and the onions are happy, so I'm just going to leave it. You know, why fight Mother Nature? Just go right. along. It's so much easier to go along with Mother Nature, really. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up. That's it for making dirt. That's it for making dirt. It's easy. Simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't pay someone $1,500 for Compost University unless you, you know. Well, you do whatever you want. I'm not going to, though. <laughs> well, if you enjoyed this episode, please like, favorite, share on the platform you're listening on. It helps us get found in the algorithms. Head on over to theoffgridoutpost.com for awesome content. We have free PDF downloads, ebooks, and the archive of all of our episodes. You can always email us at cyrus at theoffgridoutpost.com or Regina at offgridoutpost.com with questions, comments, or show ideas. And we're cool. <laughs> we're cool like that. <laughs> well, we'll catch you next time. Talk to you later. Peace out. Here's a little teaser for what's coming next week. So the country has been heading toward totalitarianism for 200 years. Eventually it gets there to the point where we hold free elections, but there's one person on the ballot. And to think that it doesn't happen here, I think is a bit foolish. Uh, we're, I, don't oh, think, yeah. I don't think we see it in our lifetime, you know, but if something doesn't change, that's the progression. That's the logical end. Thanks for listening to the Off-Grid Outpost podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe so you can get all the new episodes.